As we celebrate Mother's Day, for many, our hearts are overflowing with gratitude for the mothers that God has blessed us with and the the children that God has blessed us to raise. However, for some, today is filled with heartache. Perhaps your mother has passed on and you would give anything for one more conversation or one more hug. Or maybe your relationship with your mother or child is strained. Or perhaps you've longed for children of your own only to never receive that blessing. And so today, as we begin to worship, we look to the scripture for God's guidance. For those whose mothers have passed, and for those who have experienced the loss of a child, either through miscarriage or by other unfortunate events, we find comfort in the words of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. To those who have taken the long way around the store to avoid the baby aisle, because your heart just couldn't take it. You've known the pain of Sarah and Hannah, and like them, you've cried out to God, yet the answer wasn't what you hoped for. I believe that there are some things on this side of heaven that we'll never fully understand. And though your heartache is most likely great, and nothing can take away that sorrow, I pray that you can find hope in the verse from Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. To those who are single mothers raising your children on your own, find rest in him. Matthew 11, 28 reminds us, come to me, meaning Jesus, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. To those of you who have suffered with inadequacy because in the eyes of your mother or perhaps your mother-in-law, you'll never be good enough. Ephesians reminds us that we are God's masterpiece created in his image to do good works. To those of you chasing little ones, up with midnight feedings, changing diapers, and wiping noses, and tying shoes, it's exhausting, but rejoice, for Ecclesiastes tells us to everything there is a season, and a time and a purpose under the heaven. And in the words of a country singer, you're going to miss this when it's gone. To those on the opposite end of the spectrum, grandmothers, we know you love your job, I recently read a quote that said, Grandchildren is God's way of blessing you for not strangling your teenager. (laughs) It's okay to laugh because those of you who have raised teenagers know exactly what I'm talking about. Proverbs reminds us that grandchildren are the crown of the aged, so enjoy them. You've earned this season of your life. Just don't gloat too much in the fact that the hope of your child having a child just like them has finally come true. To those of you who have children that have grown and maybe wandered from the truth, take heart in Proverbs that tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Be diligent in prayer, because we serve a God who is faithful. And the story of the prodigal son reminds us that there is no journey too far to not find your way home. To those who have children who are grown and perhaps don't call as often as they should, Jeremiah reminds us to stop your crying and wipe away your tears because all you have done for your children will not go unrewarded. To those of you who were exhausted from balancing the demands of work and family, Isaiah reminds us he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And so today, if you're questioning God's timing, look to the story of Sarah. Or if you're struggling with a hard decision, look to the wisdom from Esther. Perhaps you're questioning God's providence. Look to the story of Ruth and Naomi. 
Today, if you're struggling with the past sins or decisions that you wish you could go back and change, look to the story of the woman caught in adultery and the words Jesus spoke, go and sin no more. Or maybe you're wondering if God can use someone like you. Read the genealogy of Jesus and recall the story of Rahab. One act of obedience can lead to great blessings. As we continue in worship, if you've been blessed by your mother or your children, praise God. If you're exhausted from the duties of motherhood, we serve a compassionate God. Ask him for strength and endurance. If you have a child who has wandered from the truth, continue to pray for their return. And remember the story from last week. If he can breathe life into dry bones, he can set the circumstances in place to return your child to his arms. Be faithful in prayer. If your heart is broken today because of the loss of your mother, or perhaps a child, cry out to God because he hears you. Hebrews 14, 15 through 16 reminds us, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we do have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So today, let us approach God's throne with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As we approach his throne this morning, praise him in your blessings, cry out to him in your hurt, and worship him through it all. As we, well, today we're here as we continue our series, uh, Parting with Jesus. We're going to celebrate moms, if you haven't got the, the idea of that yet. So... Um, I want to say thank you and happy Mother's Day again to all of our moms out here. Uh, you truly are a blessing from the Lord in the lives of so many husbands and children and friends and neighbors and the people that you come across. And so just thank you for that. But I know that being a mom today is a tough job. Uh, I've never been a mom. I played one on TV once. Uh, no way, that's a doctor. I'm sorry. Um, being a mom is a tough job. It's hard. It causes sleepless nights. It brings more than your share of trouble sometimes into your life, considering the sometimes thankless job of, of raising kids and putting up with husbands. And so I want to say on behalf of all the men in here, thank you. So if they forgot and haven't said it in a while, thanks for putting up with us. All right. Um, moms, actually, there's a question for everybody, not just moms, but have you ever wanted something, like really wanted something? I, talked, I asked this question last week. I used the word hope. Have you ever hoped for something? But have you ever wanted something? It doesn't have to be a, a something you need, but have you ever just wanted something? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. You can say yes. Um, uh, there are a lot of things I want, but not a whole lot of things that I need. I'm finding that out as, as I grow older and wiser. Uh, maybe you've wanted something so desperately, but it just hasn't gotten to you yet, and you can't figure out how or why God didn't give it to you. And it may be a very noble thing, and, and you're going... If I just had this, Lord, I could do all this work for you. But he say, no, not yet, not yet. Um, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a, a promotion. Maybe it's just whatever you need to make ends meet for your family. Perhaps it's a special someone. Or maybe like the person that we're going to talk to today, or talk about today, it was a child. Uh, we're going to look at Hannah from the Old Testament. And, and while you might think this is just for mothers, I want to assure you all that it's not. Okay, what we're going to learn from Hannah shows us how to act when our heart desperately wants something, but God says no or wait. You see, Hannah shows us a lot of things. She shows us how to act with people who treat us less than average. She shows us how to be faithful and how to keep our promise, even when it's the hardest thing we'll ever have to do. So today, whether you're a mother or a woman or not a mother or a woman, Hannah 
teaches us all how to do these things. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel. Go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Um, that comes just before 2 Samuel, in case you're wondering where to find that. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 1. Uh, but a couple things. First off, a godly mom will face problems. Okay. Also, a godly mom prays. A godly mom trusts God's provision. A godly mom keeps God's promises. Or excuse me, keeps promises. And a godly mom praises the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you again for the times we can celebrate. And, and even in, in sad times, we're able to celebrate because of you. And so I pray that as we look at the example of Hannah today, we'll be able to apply it to all of our lives, not just for our mothers, but for everyone that hears this today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I saw a comic once, and it kind of illustrated some, some things. It, it's from the comic strip called Flight Deck. It was actually from May 10th, 2008. If you, you know, collect comics, you want to go and refer to it. It shows a couple of boys, and they're talking to their dad about what they're going to get their mother for Mother's Day. And the older boy says, you know what? Instead of just another bottle of perfume or, or candy or something on Mother's Day, we've decided we were going to give Mom a promise note stating that we will never cause another problem, fight, or get in trouble ever again. The dad replies, you really expect to keep those promises? Then the younger son, realizing the impossibility of the task, says, Dad, could we borrow some money for a bottle of perfume? Because <laughs> it's impossible for kids not to cause problems. It's what, it's what they do. Uh, but moms, moms care so much that they will be, always be concerned with our lives and always be concerned with how things are going. God has designed moms with a caring heart and soul. And, and I believe he's designed moms to have a heart and love for their kids. It's still hard to be a mom sometimes. And even harder to be a mom that glorifies the Lord all the time. This morning we're going to look at a woman who is a model of motherhood in my opinion. And we're going to learn from her and in, in how, how moms can be godly moms. So First Samuel, while I'm applying this to moms, again, it's Mother's Day. It's something in here that is applicable for everyone that's here. Whether you're single or married, mother or father, male or female, because ultimately... The things I'm going to share with you today are about how we can be godly people, okay? So teenagers, men, we're not off the hook. This is for everybody. 1 Samuel 1, verse 1. There was a certain man from Ramuthaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, who was an Ephraimite. There's a lot of great names right there. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Verse 3. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. And whenever they came for for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And I know you're all thinking, I'm so glad a woman would never do that today. (laughs) This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? We're going to pause right there because the first thing I want you to see here is this. 
a godly mom will face problems. It will happen. You're thinking, well, thanks a lot, Fat Rock. That's a great encouragement on Mother's Day. What kind of message is this? It will be encouraging, but we got to get there, okay? I think too often people are thinking, and moms in particular, if I have problems in my life, I must not be living a godly life, and, and, and I'm not living in a godly way, and, and maybe I'm just a bad mom, or maybe I'm just a bad person. I want to tell you, that's a lie straight from Satan himself. Listen, Jesus told us, he, he didn't hide any of this. He said to us, we are going to have trouble in this life. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have, so that you in me may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Paul also echoes this in 2 Timothy three twelve. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ uh, will be persecuted at some point or another. All through the Bible, we see examples and we see people who are striving to live for God, who are facing problems, stories about Joseph and Moses, Joshua, Esther, and here we see Hannah. And we, we see in these verses that Hannah's husband had two wives, and, and his other wife had children, all right? But Hannah had none. Now, now, you have to realize this is a culture and an age when one of the main purposes of having a wife or having wives was to provide children. Not only was she not able to have children, but she faced ridicule year after year for this. Verse 6, And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Could you imagine how that would go? Hey, Hannah, could, could you help me with my children? I've got so many. <laughs> you don't seem to have any. You've got some free time. You want to watch them for me? Uh, would you mind changing, help me change these diapers? Do you know what a diaper is, Hannah? Oh, Hannah don't have a baby. I, people, they do stupid things. It went on year after year. I don't know what she said to Hannah. I really don't. But it still left Hannah with feelings of inadequacy. And she suffered for it. And she had depression for it. Lord, what are you doing here? What was Hannah's purpose in life? I'm certain there are women here today. You know what? Scratch that. There are, there are people here today who feel inadequate. Some of you feel depressed. Some of you struggle with things. You don't understand yet why the Lord has you in the situation that you're in. Maybe there's some people here today who haven't been able to have children or who have lost a child or who are struggling to just provide for their family. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're just facing problems and you're thinking, I just, maybe I'm not that good of a person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not godly enough because these things are happening to me. But I want to tell you, this message today is for you. To be a godly mom or a godly person does not mean that you're not going to have problems. You're going to have to face those problems. But you need to know that you don't have to face them alone. And just because you face problems doesn't mean that you're not loved by God. But what do you do in those moments when you feel abandoned, when you feel like God's not around? What do you do? Let's look at what Hannah did. Verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. 
As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her. Excuse me, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Random side note, it's funny to me that every time something happens that people couldn't explain in the Bible, they think they're drunk. Uh, day of Pentecost, these men must be drunk. No, Hannah, she's praying. She's, it's, we already read here that she's, she's just weeping with bitterness and she's, she's just can't be consoled because she wants a baby so bad. And, and the priest says, oh, she must have come in here drinking because she's just mum, muttering to herself. And he said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. She says, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Here we see that a godly mom prays. Hannah was pouring out her soul to the Lord. She had some real problems that were causing her pain and anguish. But instead of giving up, she looked up. She looked up to God in prayer. Often it's not until we're facing problems that we turn to the Lord. So often we try to handle things ourselves. We go day and day and day and never talking to the Lord. And then all of a sudden we look up. She looked up to God in prayer. Listen, difficult circumstances in our life teach us to persevere. And they help us to mature and to rely on God. You're not alone during those times. You're not abandoned. James 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Brothers and sisters, when we don't mature in Christ, when we aren't continually counting on Him, we will be lacking in the relationship with Christ that is essential to truly living. When Paul had a thorn, his thorn in his flesh, God would not take it away. He also didn't explain it to anyone. But he wouldn't take it away because it was there to help Paul continue to rely on God. And we can count on the grace of God to strengthen us and to get us through. Jesus told Paul in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Man, that's, that's a hopeful verse right there. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Christ's power in our lives is made perfect in our weakness. It's not until we face problems that our weakness is truly exposed and we become vulnerable. In areas where our weakness is exposed, we often have no choice but to turn to Christ. And that's where Hannah is. She is at the end of herself. She cries out to God in her weakness. Some of you here may be suffering through different issues. Go to God with your problems. Pray that through the whatever you're experiencing, God will grow you through that time. Pray for God to change things. He can and he does. Hannah didn't turn away from God. She had her problems. She turned to God with her problems. Be a godly mom and express what you're feeling to God in prayer. Be an example to your children. That's the next thing. Being in a relationship with God doesn't mean putting on a show that everything is okay when it's not. That's called lying. When the people who care about you and who are close to you and they say, how are you doing? And you go, I'm just fine. And you know you're not. You're a wreck on the inside. That's not, that's not a good thing. Don't put on a show. Being in a relationship with God 
means being real and expressing how you, how you are truly feeling to God and also asking for his help in dealing with whatever it is you're feeling. He can handle your tough questions. He can handle those things. And that's exactly what Hannah did. And that's what you need to do. We need to be praying in everything. In gratitude, when we don't understand, when we're lost, when we're confused, we need to pray. Let's continue to see what else we can learn from Hannah. 1 Samuel 1, 17 through 20, Eli says to her, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. The next thing we see here is that a godly mom trusts God's provision. A godly mom trusts that God is going to provide. But sometimes he doesn't necessarily change our circumstances. Yet he will still provide for us what we need Remember what we just read regarding Paul's thorn in his flesh? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for, for my power is made perfect in, my, in weakness. God did not take away the circumstance of Paul, but he provided for him through his grace. Now let's look at verse 18 in 1 Samuel. Before she became pregnant, before Hannah even could have been pregnant, God provided her with peace. She went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. God had not yet answered her prayer. But she walked away with the peace she needed. As we trust in Jesus for salvation, as we grow in our relationship, as we pour out our hearts to the Lord in anguish, God cares for us. And he provides for us through the peace that only he can provide. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's provision doesn't necessarily change our circumstances, although we certainly can ask for that. But His provision will change us. And that's where change needs to happen. We may not still understand everything, but we don't need to. Instead, we need to know, we know everything that we need is from God, and that God cares for us, and He is working out His, His will in our life. And that's the best place to be. The peace of God which transcends all understanding and with an incredible God that we have who provides for us so abundantly. He always provides our needs. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now beyond that, we recognize that God has a desire to bless us as well. Matthew 7, uh, 1 through 11, or excuse me, Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We can trust him to provide when it will be beneficial to us. And we can glorify him and we can trust him to provide peace for us always, even when our circumstances don't change. But he will change us. God is good all the time. 
and we can trust him to provide exactly what is best for us. And so being a godly mom means that we're going to trust in God's provision. We're not done yet, though. Let's continue to reading in 1 Samuel, where verse 21. When the man Elkanah went up with all of his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and worship the Lord there. Another thing we learn from this passage, and this is a tough one. Godly moms keep promises. Remember back in verse 11, she made a vow. She said if she had a son, she would give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. Hannah kept her promise. She kept the promise that she made to the Lord. Can you imagine for a moment? You've been able to have any children your whole life. And now you have your first child. And you give him over to the Lord completely for his service. That must have been extremely hard. Some of us can't give our kids over just to go to Bible college. Or just, you know, they're afraid of the empty nest. We don't want them to ever leave. And here's Hannah with one son that God blessed her with. And at the appropriate time, she takes him back. I bet that was extremely hard for her. She knew, though, the Lord wanted him. And you know what? We also glorify the Lord when we keep our word, even when it hurts. Psalm 15, one, one says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary, who may live on your holy hill, he who keeps his oath even when it hurts. You see, the goal of every mother here should be to raise your children to trust in the Lord and to serve him even if it requires sacrifice for you. A lot of times we take our kids for granted. We take good care of them, but when it starts to cause sacrifice from us, our time or, or, or whatever, we, we start to back up. What about my needs? It doesn't matter. We will glorify the Lord when we keep our word to Him. Raise your children to trust in the Lord and serve Him, even if it requires sacrifice for you. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be in what we call full-time Christian ministry, but in whatever we do, we need to be serving the Lord, and we need to be raising our kids to serve the Lord. Whether it's at a workplace, or in our neighborhoods, or in our homes, or at school, we need to be teaching our kids to serve and walk in the ways of the Lord. That's the ultimate goal of parenting, in my opinion. And Hannah did the thing that would be best for her son, because she knew in the long run that's what she had had promised God. It was painful for her. At the moment, but she did what she promised. And she did it because godly moms keep their word. And that's where we're going to land at. Finally, when we are living godly lives, even as we experience problems and heartache, and we pray and we've received the Lord's provision and, and, and kept our promises, we find that a godly mom praises the Lord. Let me finish up. Hannah said in 1 Samuel 2, verse 1, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. 
In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. Remember her enemy? The other woman. My, my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Hannah praises the Lord because she knew that God had blessed her and that Samuel was blessed of the Lord. She knew he was completely in God's hands. The hands of the one that she could completely trust that had drawn her close, that had hurt her in her distress, and that had provided for her and had blessed her. This was the God she could trust with her most valuable earthly possession, even her son. The good news here for everybody is that this is also the God you can trust. This is the God who wants to draw you close. This is the God that wants to listen to you in your distress. This is the God that wants to give you peace. This is the God that wants to bless you. And no matter what circumstance you're facing today, you don't have to face it alone. Being a mom is a tough job, and God has designed you to be able to accomplish it with the help of his love and his peace and his encouragement. So my question for everybody today is, have you been seeking God's help and God's provision and God's blessing as you've raised your kids, as you've built a family? To seek his help and provision, you need to be in a relationship with him. Are you in a relationship with the one who can provide what you need? I don't mean just, you know, a little bit of Sunday, but I mean all the time. Are you in a relationship with the one who can provide what you need? You need Jesus Christ in your life. You need him to pray to. We need him to provide for us. We need him to praise when things go well, to lean on when things don't go so well. But ultimately, we need him because he provides salvation for us. If you'd like to enter into a relationship with Jesus, now is the time. The simple fact is that Jesus is the only one we can turn to. He is more than enough for every need we have. We got one more song. And here's the thing. We're going to worship Jesus because he is truly the one that is able to provide for us. Because he cares enough to sacrifice his own life. We go ahead and stand. As we sing, if you have a decision you'd like to make, don't just stand there. Come and share.